Are you ready to break free from a conventional life and achieve financial independence through your version of tiny living, but you're feeling stuck trying to figure out the money part? Does the pressure to conform to societal norms make it even more difficult to embrace an unconventional lifestyle? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Laura Lynch, host of the Less House, More Moolah podcast, where every Thursday, I'll bring you captivating interviews with individuals who have successfully made the transition to tiny living. They defied expectations and are thriving in their unique lives. We'll also dive deep into industry resources to address common financial concerns on your tiny journey. Together, we'll explore the emotional and practical aspects of pursuing an alternative lifestyle. I will describe a clear framework for project planning and cash flow management. Our goal is to intentionally build financial security and make a positive impact through our alternative American dream. So gear up for an exciting and empowering journey to create a life that truly resonates with you. Let's dive into today's episode and take the first steps towards financial independence and purpose through tiny living. Have you ever felt like you were trapped in the wrong life? Maybe like you were creating somebody else's dream and not your own. So on this podcast, I'm always asking guests where they came from and what life was like for them growing up. And I grew up in the woods in Virginia in a very normal-ish house. But when I remember my favorite things, my favorite experiences, they were camping. They were exploring new places. They were feeling that can-do attitude. They were sitting down with the map before we went on a trip and mapping out all the places that we were going to go. I remember in those times feeling a sense of independence a sense of exploration. And now that I am older and I think back on how those childhood memories stand out so strongly in my mind, I realize that my emotional resonance with that independence and exploration is at the core of who I am. But like many people, I grew up in an environment, in a time, watching the screens that told me what my life was supposed to look like. And what my life was supposed to look like was a career path, some education, a family, a home, all the traditional ways of being that exist today. And so I did what I was expected to do. I have been on a journey to my own self for all these many decades. I have been doing what I've been told to do and following the script in the air. And only just now, as I'm entering this chapter simultaneous to you possibly entering this chapter, am I really coming home to myself? I'm coming home to those values, that independence, that exploration, 
and to my desire to make an impact. I've been trying to have these values show up in my life for a long time without even realizing what I was drawn towards. I have been chasing these values. When I left home, I left home to join the Air Force. Why was the Air Force attractive to me? Probably because of that sense of independence. I would be my own adult. I would have my own life. Also, exploration. I could get to see different places and live a different life than what I experienced when I was a child. And also, when I walked through an airport in uniform, I felt important. I felt like I was making an impact. So the Air Force, in many ways, filled some of those needs for me. But I had no choice about what job I wanted to do because I was in a critically manned position, and I didn't get to choose where my next orders went. So I didn't get to pick the places that I really wanted to explore. I had to go where I was told. And my first husband had to also go where he was told, which meant that we were separated the majority of the time that we were together, and this was really, really hard. So following the Air Force, I did what I was expected to do. I figured out a career transition. I got myself started in the corporate world, and I bought our first home. I bought the Home Buying for Dummies book and studied up on all the things. And so when we shopped for our home, I understood how all the parts and pieces of it worked. I used the VA to get my mortgage. I did all of the steps precisely. And we ended up in a great starter home right in front of the Great Recession and when housing prices really plummeted in Las Vegas. This happened at about the time that my marriage also fell apart. So there was that huge anchor of the house and the relationship. And my career was positioned in a place in a geography that I didn't want to stay in. It was all just a lot of chains holding me in a place that wasn't going to work. So my divorce changed, of course, the whole entire course of my life. And at that moment, I could have taken a little space to reevaluate where I really wanted to be. But instead, I just started the same path again. I remember staying with my brother for a few months in sort of my divorce recovery (laughs) I was staying with my brother, and I remember looking at all the office buildings surrounding his apartment up around the D.C. area and just feeling visceral dread of having to go to a cubicle and work in that environment. And yet, that's what you got to do. So I went back to school. I used the GI Bill. I always feel like the military provided me so much in that regard because I got all the way through my master's degree on that program. 
So I got some more education. I got back to work. I found myself a appropriate career path where I felt like I could make a difference. My husband, Eric, and I bought our first house. Then a few years later, after we had renovated it, we turned it into a rental home and we went and bought a bigger house with more land, a place where I could be closer to my rural roots and grow some things and have some animals. And everything seemed to be following the appropriate path. And yet it doesn't have the flexibility. That path doesn't allow me to start something new or change direction or move to a place where I want to live. It's kind of a trap. So I missed the West. I had lived out West back 2007. I moved to Nevada and I loved the boondocking experience. I loved the camping with no people around. I loved the BLM. I loved the open spaces. I loved being able to get up in the morning and pick a peak and climb up there on a Saturday and feel utterly tiny and just part of a broader universe where nothing that was going on at the office even mattered. So Eric and I did some trips out west. We explored some states, we looked at some land, and ultimately we took a kind of a crazy risk and we just bought eight acres. We bought our land from an online auction (laughs) and didn't know what the heck we were gonna do with it. But I just needed, I guess, to own some dirt. I think there's a song about this. So we bought some land and then we were like, well, what are we going to do with it? So Eric's a contractor. He's a builder, an electrician, all the things. But we did not have time. We did not own our time. We were in corporate life. We were doing our jobs. We couldn't take off months to go build a house on our land And so we came up with this crazy solution. Why don't we build a tiny house in our backyard and then we can take it out there to the land because we have our weekends. So our tiny house was a solution to a problem. So we went and found a trailer off of Craigslist. And back then, things like that were a lot cheaper than they are today. Our trailer was $3,500 and we backed it into our backyard and we stripped it down and we started building a house. And we built the floor, we insulated walls, I did window orders, we sat down with our graph paper and designed and redesigned our floor plan. I picked out the paint palette and ordered things off of Etsy to decorate. It was like the most creative and beautiful process. And it took a year. We sourced things from secondhand. Eric found some cabinets off of a job and the flooring came from somebody else. And I bought a used sink off of a secondhand shop and the toilet came from somebody else's remodel. all of these amazing pieces just kind of fell together 
And it was like magical serendipity showing up on this project. So we built the tiny house in a year. And then we decided that it was time to take it across the country. And the crazy thing is, is that even though you do all of your research and you know exactly how big you can build a thing that you're going to tow on the highway, once we set that trailer up on the gooseneck of the F-450, we realized it was higher than the legal limit. So this is a story that we tell and retell about the white knuckle drive across the country, being terrified that in any moment we were gonna run the roof of our tiny house into a power line or a bridge. We made it safely. We lost a wheel. We don't know where that went, but we made it there. And we towed it up our super steep driveway. And after seven days, we finally got connected to our cistern and to our septic. And we were able to take a shower. And that was pure magic. So our tiny house got in its spot in 2017. And we had a big party. My family was there. It was amazing. And then we went back home to our real lives. And we kept doing the thing that you're supposed to do. And we went out to see the tiny house a couple of times a year. And then the pandemic came. And I'm sure for you and for many, the pandemic changed many things when it showed us that everything that we think we know is really to some degree uncertain. And the life that we've been programmed to live can change outside of our control at a moment's notice. And so what the heck are we doing with it anyway? The pandemic gave permission to have crazy ideas. And I am so grateful for that space to listen to my own crazy ideas. Because for all these decades, I have been listening to everybody else's ideas and have been following everybody else's dream of life. But I have not been listening to my own ideas, to my own voice, to my own needs, to my own values. We actually were traveling in our Lance camper during the start of the pandemic when things were just going crazy. I had just opened a branch office. We were out of town on spring break, I think visiting my family. And we were headed back south and the campground started to close down and we started to get worried that we might not even be able to get in the state. And I remember saying, let's not go there then. Let's go to New Mexico and just stay there forever. And maybe that was the start of it. We did a lot of thinking. We did a lot of exploring. We actually went out and toured the Midwest trying to determine if we wanted to move there. But ultimately, one of the key factors for us is having that open space to explore and being able to wander up into the forest. And the Midwest, as with the East, the land is owned. It's privately owned because of the farmland. And so it's only when you get out into land that is, quote, 
useless that you really get to be deeply rooted in the quiet and the exploration of the openness. So 18 months ago, we outlined a 30-month project plan. The timing of our tiny house pivot, it started based on my stepson's high school graduation. It's gotten moved sooner because of some of the harrowing things that happen when you live in a pretty urban place that remind you that life is short and that you really need to get on with the business of doing your life your way. So 18 months ago, I put up a calendar on the wall, a two-year calendar, and I took sticky notes and I wrote three big rocks, three big things to accomplish every month for two years. And that is how our project plan started. And it is hard to get started. It is the hardest part getting started, but it is also hard to keep focused and to keep going on something, maybe when you don't see so much progress or when other things get in the way or when things get hard. And boy, have things been hard for us sometimes. Part of our project was to sell our rental property, our first house that we had bought together, also to sell some land off of our current parcel that we live on. Both of those things have been inordinately frustrating due to the changes that have happened with staffing shortages and the building going on where we live. And it's been really hard. There has been a lot of follow-ups and a lot of persistence and just a lot of grit to get through some of these complexities and figure out what is the process to do that and what is the you know what are the steps and how do you remember what you last did and what you next need to do so it has been a huge project but before we could even get started on the project we had to make sure that we were on the same page and eric and i are very different people I have picked up and moved every few years when I was in the military, whereas he's been a more rooted person and he has a lot of value in some of his stuff and his tools and his equipment. So minimalism has been has been a road that we've been working on together. That value exploration that I talked about a little bit ago, those values, Understanding each other's values has been a key to us being able to communicate when figuring out our path forward because we have to understand deeply what is most important to each other. That way we can complement each other and also not get irritated by the differences because we have this natural thing called affinity bias where we really like people who are like us. And if someone doesn't share the same opinion as you do or doesn't see things the same way, it's much easier to just be dismissive than it is to acknowledge and value that opinion. So getting our project moving along with both of us on the same page required a lot of conversations and a lot of joint work. Taking action and keeping momentum is an ongoing project as well. So I am here on this road 
making my move to my authentic values, to hear my own voice. And I believe that you can do this too. And that is what this podcast is about. And that's what my business is about. We don't have to build somebody else's dream. We don't have to keep creating something based on what the messages in the air or on the screens tell us we're supposed to do. We can look inside ourselves and figure out what is most true for us and put that into a project plan. And once we get into steps forward where you feel like you're making progress towards your unique dream, it is the most, it is the truest feeling for the first time in your life to hear yourself. So whether you are currently a member of the Tiny House community, whether you are thinking about this lifestyle, whether you have championed it for others, I am here to lend my voice to the conversation about the logistics of how to make it happen and how to make the money part actually work for you. Because it's really complicated to figure out how you're going to get yourself into a tiny house while you're still living in your big house and how you're going to make your career adapt and how you're going to adapt your family and how you're going to make sure that over the long term, you're creating that financial security that we're all after, how you're going to create that without home equity where you're gonna live and keep your tiny house for the long term, whether you're gonna use it just for a season to accomplish a particular goal. There's lots of different questions about how to make this work for you. And that is what I am here to do, is to help add in the inspirational stories and the new ideas and the practical parts. I am here to help you hear your own voice and follow your own dream. Well, that's it for today's episode of Less House, More Moolah. To access valuable financial tips and resources tailored to your tiny living journey, join our exclusive community at thetinyhouseadvisor.com. Here you'll find a supportive network of like-minded individuals committed to helping each other navigate the challenges and celebrate the victories of embracing a minimalist lifestyle. So don't miss out on the opportunity to be part of this empowering tribe. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another insightful episode of Less House, More Moolah, where we'll continue to explore practical solutions and inspiring stories to help you create the life you've always dreamed of. Please see the show notes for important disclosure regarding the Tiny House Advisor LLC and this episode.